Good. Good morning. Great. Grab your Bibles. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah this morning. And uh, let's go to chapter 44, the book of uh, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah chapter 44. Uh, before we get into that, uh, let me just uh, add another freebie here for you this morning. How many of you have ever heard of a guy named Charles Krauss? Any of you hear of, of Charles Krauss? Okay, interesting, interesting feller. He's, uh, he's a guy that has been uh, kind of a leader in the, uh, the World Economic Forum and, uh, and uh, involved in the World Health Organization. And you ever hear the term the Great Reset, okay? So that's what's happening right now is, is a Great Reset. And uh, if you have, um, have you ever, uh, you, you fo of course, following in England, and Queen Elizabeth died, and uh, just this week uh, uh, they've uh, anointed King Charles. And, uh, and if you know the background of King Charles, he's been very actively involved in the world one world uh, uh, movement and the, the One World Organization, very actively involved, very actively involved in promoting a united Europe, and uh, uh, which is going to be, of course, the kingdom through which Antichrist will come. And it's just astounding uh, some of the pieces and all, all of the things that uh, are taking place uh, right now and just little dominoes uh, taking place uh, over the world. Yeah, so he was actually the Pope uh, retiring, and and by the way, there are a lot of uh, Catholics that do not like this Pope because he's very actively involved in uh, in the, um, uh, the the climate change and uh, all of the world uh, movement. He's actively involved in all of that, and a lot of a uh, lot of them. Uh, uh, are are very anti, but uh, he was supposedly going to retire in 2020, and uh, then that's continued to be put off. So yeah, a lot of pieces uh, falling falling together. So it's interesting the days in which we live. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 44. Let's delve into the Word of God uh, there and uh, and look at what God uh, what God has to say. This is uh, uh, part number two as we as we continue this chapter, and it's uh, God's message to the Jews in the land of Egypt, and uh, as we have come to this chapter, there's a small remnant of Jews that uh, have now rebelliously uh, gone into Egypt. God told them that they were to stay in the land of Judah, but as we have seen, they feared Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and they, in that fear, left Judah, went to the land of Egypt. Now, uh, a lot of their reason as they feared Nebuchadnezzar, they've witnessed uh, the judgments of God upon the land of Judah. And, uh, and they're afraid to stay. They're afraid of uh, those uh, further judgments there. Now, we pointed out as we went through this, they rebelled against God. But it's foolish to leave the will of God to escape an uncomfortable situation. And uh, when you leave the will of God... Uh, and a lot of times uh, you're, the will of God is going to be tested. There's going to be trying uh, for the will of God. There's going to be the testing uh, that comes with knowing the will of God. That's going to be a part of, uh, of uh, being in the will of God. And uh, when you're uncomfortable at times, it's very dangerous to leave the will of God in order to seek comfort or to seek relief or to seek refuge. And uh, many times people in a state of confusion or a state of, uh, of a lack of comfort get out of the will of God. And the will of God is so crucial uh, for our lives. Uh, so this remnant uh, in a state of discomfort left the will of God, went to the land of Egypt, and now God gives to them 
a message in the land of Egypt. And let's just review some of this, and then we'll delve and pick up some new material here this morning. In verses 1 through 6, there's a reminder to this remnant of what had happened in the land of Judah. Look at verse number 2. And it reads, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, You have seen all the evil that I brought upon Jerusalem and upon all the cities of Judah. And behold, this day they are a desolation, and no man dwelleth therein. And so they can look back and they can see what has happened in the land of Judah and Jerusalem and to the temple. And here God says, because of their wickedness, which they have committed to provoke me to anger, and that they went to burn incense and to serve other gods whom they knew not, neither they nor their fathers. And so God said, I... I brought that judgment because of their idolatry. They rejected me, the living God. They turned to idols, false gods. In verse number 6, he says, Wherefore my fury, mine anger, was poured forth and was kindled in the cities of Judah in the streets of Jerusalem, and they are wasted and desolate as at this day. So this remnant in Egypt could look back to Judah, and they could see the desolation that God spoke of, the judgment that had come. And we know the account, Nebuchadnezzar came into that uh, nation and in particular against Jerusalem, besieged the city. Uh, and uh, we know that uh, then the city was conquered, uh, multitudes were slain. Uh, we know that uh, the temple was uh, desecrated, that uh, many of the golden items of the temple and the items of worship in the temple were taken to Babylon and uh, multitudes killed, others taken captive. And so it was a, a very difficult uh, judgment that uh, they had experienced and been through. Now, uh, though God had judged that, that land for its rebellion, the, this remnant now has continued in rebellion. And you'll see this in verses 7 through 10. And let me, let me pick up in verse number 8. God said to this remnant, And that you provoke me to wrath with the works of your hands, burning incense to other gods in the land of Egypt. That's why I judged you in Judah. But you continue now. Whether you have gone to dwell, that you might cut yourselves off, that you might be a curse, a reproach among all the nations of the earth. Have you forgotten the wickedness of your fathers, the wickedness of the kings of Judah, the wickedness of their wives, your own wickedness, and the wickedness of your wives, which they have committed in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? They are not humbled even unto this day, neither have they feared, nor walked in my law, nor in my statutes that I set before you and before your fathers. And so although they had witnessed God's judgment, they continued in that state of rebellion in the Egypt, and it's kind of like you see over and over, and you'll see this as we've talked about uh, just from generation to generation to generation following the steps of alcohol abuse or in the steps of drug abuse or in the steps of idolatry, and, uh, and just seeing and witnessing the consequences of past generations, yet the next generation continues in that same path and uh, just continues uh, to follow that same path leading to that same judgment. And that's what's happening here and, uh, to this remnant in, in uh, Judah. Now, so we'll pick up here verse number 11, the, the certain judgment of God. And I got through verse 11 uh, last week. That's as far as we made it. Yeah, but I want to just uh, look at this thought uh, real quickly again this morning in verse number 11. And uh, we read, Therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, God said to this remnant, Behold, I will set my face against you and to cut off all Judah. 
therefore, uh, verse number 11, because of their rebellion, God said, I will set my face against you for evil. And uh, I want you to go back with me to Jeremiah chapter 18 just uh, quickly. Jeremiah chapter 18. This is the warning that God had given through Jeremiah to, uh, to the people in the land of Judah before uh, God's judgment through Nebuchadnezzar. And God had said to this nation, because of their idolatry, if you look in Jeremiah uh, chapter 18 and uh, look with me at verse number 15, it says, because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to vanity. They have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths to walk in paths in a way not cast up, to make their land desolate and a perpetual hiss hissing. Everyone that passeth thereby shall be astonished and wag his head. God said, I will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back. And I want you to see this. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. And so what God said, because this nation has turned against him, they've turned to idolatry, God said, I'm going to turn my back to you. I'm not going to turn my face to you, but I'm going to turn my back to you. And uh, now the face, when we speak of God's face, we're talking about God's favor. We're talking about God's blessing. We're talking about living in a state of revival and uh, how desperately we need God's face. And uh, I pointed out last week, uh, you know, as a church, I, I want the face of God. I want the blessing of God. I want the favor of God. I want the, the will of God. I, I want God. I want revival. I want the Lord and His very presence as we meet together, that we come together, we come into the presence of the Lord. We come to hear from God. I don't want to play religion. I don't want to play church. Uh, uh, you know, uh, just we need Jesus. We need uh, that walk with him, that relationship with him, that favor that only he can give. We need that in our families too, don't we? In our homes, we need the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need the favor of God upon his home or upon our homes. And as individuals, uh, I want the favor of God. And here's one thing I can say to you is that no matter what anybody else does or experiences, you can have revival. You can know the will of God for your life. You can live in the blessing of the Lord for your life. And you can have the favor of God uh, for your life. And so we need His grace. We need His favor. We need His blessing, His protection, His provision, His healing, His leading for our lives. I believe that's what the favor of God, the face of God is speaking of. And God said to this remnant, uh, you've turned away from me, and so I'm going to turn away from you. Now, can you see that happening in our nation as, uh, as uh, the United States of America? And uh, we're, we're seeing very desperately, very, very, um, uh, very clearly just almost the removal of the hand of God uh, from this nation in some ways that uh, never, never thought I would experience. And uh, right now, and uh, within our, our school systems, we are... We're teaching a socialistic communism within our school systems. In fact, uh, we're teaching that uh, capitalism uh, is evil. We're teaching that the foundations of our nation are evil. There's the 1619 project that's being taught in our school systems uh, today. And it's, a, it's a, a false history. It's a rewriting of American history. It's a, a history that is claiming America was racist in its foundation and it's capitalistic and selfish in its foundation and it's doing away with the Protestant, what we would call the Protestant work ethic that has led to the great blessings of this nation. And, and so we're raising today a generation that has no concept of God's 
blessing and God's favor upon this nation. In fact, we're raising today a generation that has no desire for God. It's a selfishness. It's a desire for me. It's uh, you owe it to me. It's uh, I'm entitled. It's an entitlement mentality. Uh, it's a mentality that you owe me a college education. Uh, you owe me a, a paycheck. You owe this to me. You owe me food on my table. And uh, where's it going to come from? Well, just print up more money. And uh, where's that going to come from? Well, then we increase prices. Well, it's going to come from those who are wealthy, those that want to work. And so we're really doing away. We're turning away from the favor of God. And so it's a very dangerous place uh, that we're coming to as a nation uh, in this. This is what happened to the land of Judah. Now we move on and God morning of his judgment. Go to verse number 12. And God said here to this remnant, because they've turned away from him, I will take the remnant of Judah that have set their faces to go into the land of Egypt to sojourn there, and they shall all be consumed and fall into the land of Egypt, and shall even be consumed by the sword and by the famine. They shall die from the least even to the greatest by the sword, by the famine. And they shall be an execration and an astonishment and a curse and a reproach. For I will punish them that dwell in the land of Egypt as I punished in Jerusalem by the sword, by the famine, by the pestilence, so that none of the remnant of Judah which are gone into the land of Egypt to sojourn there shall escape or remain that they should return into the land of Judah uh, to that which they have desired to return to dwell there for none shall return but such as shall escape. So this was a repetition of what God told them before they came into Egypt. God had warned them they were to stay in Judah, uh, but if they fled in fear to Egypt, that uh, they would face the judgment of God. And now God is coming back and saying, this is what's going to happen. You disobeyed me. Uh, these will be the consequences. Now, the punishment of Jerusalem was over, but the pun punishment of Egypt was yet future. And uh, I read to you a little statement uh, last week that comes out of Jewish history, the historical and Josephus says that five years after the destruction of Jerusalem, that Nebuchadnezzar came against Egypt and that the Pharaoh there, the leader of Egypt, was slain there in Taphanes, just as Jeremiah had warned. And those Jews that now were in Egypt, having left Judah to escape the judgment of God, faced the same judgment that they were seeking to escape. And it was very dangerous. And Josephus tells us that this was fulfilled. Uh, five years after the judgment upon Jerusalem. And so God's word never comes back void. And God uh, brought uh, the consequences of this group that had fled. And so in Egypt, they're going to face certain punishment. God said they would face disaster. They would face destruction. They would face death. They would face disgrace. Others would look at them and they would be an astonishment uh, to, uh, to all that uh, would look upon them. And all of that would follow them into Egypt and there would be no escaping. Remember, they, they went to Egypt to escape, uh, but instead of escaping, they found the judgment of God. It's always dangerous to turn to the world uh, to escape discomfort. And uh, it's always going to have consequences. And many, many have left the things of God in a state of discomfort and fled to Egypt only to face exactly what uh, this remnant in, uh, in Egypt faced. So now we have the, uh, you can just see the rebellion uh, in these next verses. Now I want you to see something. There's a principle that, that I want to get to here this morning. And I, I want you to please understand something. I, I, I am not a male chauvinist, okay? I'm not at all. But I do believe God is a God of order. 
And I believe God leads in orderly paths, in orderly places, in orderly ways. And there's something that comes out here, there's a truth that comes out here that's very, very crucial uh, for us to, to grasp onto. Notice in verse number 15, there's the rebellious reply of the leaders uh, there that are in the land of, of Egypt. Uh, verse 15, then all the men, but notice this, which knew that their wives had burned incense unto other gods. Now, that's such a, a revelation of, uh, of a wicked human heart. Now, Judah was known as God's people. Uh, God had been good to them. God had blessed them in so many ways, and yet they had turned other gods. And idolatry was not practiced secretly. It was known by all. And so all could see they practiced uh, this idolatry. But I want you to see this, this thought here this morning. And I think it's a very important part and something that you see in, in the Bible. Then all the men which knew their wives had burned incense to other gods. Okay, so these men were unwilling to lead their homes. They were unwilling to take the responsibility for their homes. And there was weak leadership within their homes. Now, I believe God has given to men the responsibility of leading your homes. Now, that's just the biblical order that God has designed. And God designed that the husband would be under Christ and that the wife would be under the husband and the children would be under their parents. And that's God's order for the home. And God holds the man accountable. Okay, He holds the man for the guidance of his home. Now, I want to just show this to you biblically, okay, and, and keep your place there. I'd like you to go back with me to a very familiar passage of Scripture, to the book of Joshua. And you probably know where I'm going here, but Joshua chapter 24. And Joshua was a great leader. Uh, he was, first of all, a great follower. He was a servant to Moses. And then because uh, he was uh, such a great follower, God saw in Joshua uh, qualities of leadership. And here at the end of Joshua's life, I want you to notice the statement, and it's a very famous statement of Joshua. And uh, verse 14, Joshua 24, in verse 14, Now therefore, Joshua speaking to the nation, God says uh, through Joshua, Now therefore fear the Lord. And serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. That if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But I want you to notice the leadership of Joshua for his home. Joshua says, but as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. So here's a man. He's taken the responsibility for his home. And he said, my home is going to be a home where we will serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I believe uh, Joshua is a man that had a family altar. He's a man that led his family in the things of God and the ways of God. And this becomes very crucial. And uh, then we go to Genesis, uh, back in the life of Abraham. And uh, Genesis chapter 18, and what we find is, is Abraham uh, was a man that took responsibility for his home. And in Genesis chapter 18, 
you know the account here, and I, I want to just, uh, let's pick up at verse 16. Uh, God has appeared in verse 1 to Abraham, and uh, now uh, we read in verse 16, Abraham is, has, um, has blessed them, and uh, we know that one of these was, I believe, a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ and two angels, and, and Abraham entertained them. And then we come to verse 16, the men arose up from thence and looked towards Sodom and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the thing that I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. But notice what God said of Abraham, for I know him. God said that he will command his children and his household after him. Okay, here's a leader. Here's a man that's taken responsibility for his home. And uh, they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, and the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And so here God said, Abraham, I, I'm going to bless this man. He's going to be a man that uh, in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And God said, I'm, I'm able to do that with Abraham because I know him. Here's Abraham. He's a leader. He's a man. He's taking responsibility for his home. He's guiding his home in the ways and the affairs of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you a New Testament illustration. Uh, if you go with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 16. Acts chapter 16. And uh, this takes place in, um, in Philippi as, as Paul and uh, Silas have, uh, have preached in, in Philippi. And uh, they have been in jail and the Lord delivered them. Uh, from the jail, and uh, I want you, let's pick up uh, uh, the jailer, uh, verse 25, let's pick up there. And at midnight, Acts 16, verse 25, at midnight Paul and Silas prayed, saying, Praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were opened, everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew his sword, would have killed himself. Now, he knew that the prisoners escaping, it was his life. He was, uh, his life was in hand. He would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried, with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, we are all here. Then he called for a light, sprang in, came trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He's asking the most important question in life. He's witnessed the miracle of God. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to see this, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. See, when a man gets right with God, it influences, it affects the rest of his home, his house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized. Notice this, he and all of his straightway. And so here's a man that got right with God, and it impacted the rest of his home, the rest of his family. And his family comes to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so if you go back with me to Jeremiah chapter 44, we've got the opposite taking place here. And when men follow their wives and daughters rather than leading them, God holds the man accountable. Okay, so God is going to hold these men accountable because they did not deal with the idolatry of their home. Now, you'll find this, uh, the other side of it, we gave the example of Abraham, but do you remember a time when Abraham listened to Sarah? And what was the result? It was Hagar. Now, men, don't uh, misunderstand. It's not saying you're not to listen to your wives, but 
Uh, I believe the wife is the Holy Spirit and there's a balance to this. And God gives the wife and she becomes a type of the Holy Spirit to guide and to help. And so many times God has, has used my wife in giving direction. But ultimately, uh, the buck stops here. And ultimately, God holds the man accountable for the direction, for the guidance, for the leadership of his home. And a man has to take that, that responsibility of it. Uh, remember what happened with Rebecca and Isaac and the deception that came about with Jacob and Esau and the consequences that came. And, and I think there was a case in the garden where Adam didn't protect his wife Eve and we have the resulting consequence uh, there. So go back, uh, Jeremiah 44, verse number 15. And uh, we, we read this statement once again, then all the men which knew that their wives had burned incense unto other gods and it says, And all the women that stood by, a great multitude, even all the people that dwelt in the land of Egypt in Pathros, answered Jeremiah, saying, and then we go on to verse 16, As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us by the name of the Lord, or in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. Not only did they offer incense to false gods, but they made it clear they had no intent to obey God. They had no intent to listen to Jeremiah. And again, it was the women that were in the forefront of this rebellion and the husbands, the fathers, refused to stand against that rebellion. Verse number 17, they said, But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth to burn incense unto the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her. As we have done, we and our fathers, our kings, our princes, and the cities of Judah, and the streets of Jerusalem, for then had we plenty of victuals, and were, uh, are, and were well, and saw no evil. Now, we're going to get into this morning, as we deal with Mystery Babylon in our service this morning, and it goes all the way back to Nimrod, and here this queen of heaven is uh, Semiramis, and uh, she... Uh, was the, the wife of uh, Nimrod. And you can trace the false religious systems of our world all the way back uh, to Mystery Babylon and the Queen of Heaven and uh, Nimrod. And uh, we have, uh, he was a type of Antichrist. And, and so all of this is tracing back. But they burned incense here uh, to the Queen of Heaven, drink offerings. And uh, we're going to continue, they said. Notice the statement at the end of verse 17. For then we had plenty of victuals, were well, and saw no evil. They claimed to have, uh, have been better off with idolatry. They had been so deceived. And uh, you ever hear people say something like this? Well, it was better for me before I got saved. Uh, I had no problems before I got saved. Uh, and after I got saved, went through all kinds of trials. And your faith is going to be tested. It's going to guarantee you that. But... Uh, it's like the children of Israel. We remember the leeks and the garlics back in the land of Egypt. They forgot the bondage, didn't they? They forgot the path that was leading to hell. But we remember the leeks and garlics. And so here's this group of people. They have expressed that it was a lot easier for us when we were serving the queen of heaven. You know, the blessings of the devil, by the way, always come at a high cost. Um, uh, you know, sin may last for a moment, may be pleasurable for a season, but afterwards it yields death and damnation and destruction. There are always consequences. And uh, people may get by for a time with sin, may get by for a time with idolatry, uh, may think that they're prospering away from God, but there will always come a payday. Payday always comes. Ahab can take Naboth's vineyard 
and think he's doing well in the grapes of that vineyard, but one day the blood will be licked by the dogs uh, in Naboth's vineyard, there where Ahab stole that vineyard. There's a consequence always when you serve the devil. Sin uh, always comes to an end, and the pleasure of sin always has a payday and a payment. Uh, verse number 18, I'm going to have to uh, hurry through this here. We're not going to make it, I can see. Uh, but uh, verse number 18, since we left off to burn incense to the queen of heaven, to pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things, have been consumed by the sword, uh, by the famine. They're so deceived, they credit the queen of heaven with giving them the blessings uh, of prosperity. And have you ever seen somebody credit uh, an idol uh, for their blessings, an idol for their protection. And uh, the queen of heaven's an idolat idolatrous worship. In verse number 19, uh, And when we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, did we make her cakes to worship her and pour out drink offerings unto her without our men? And so these are the women that are expressing this. And again, this worship came from the women. And the men didn't stand against the idolatry. And God is holding the men accountable here for their homes. Now, we're, we're going to stop with that you know, because we uh, finish up the chapters, the pronouncement of judgment. Lord willing, we'll, we'll quickly cover the end of chapter 44 next week and then move into some uh, very uh, significant things here as we are going to wrap up uh, very soon the book of Jeremiah. Hard to believe. I'm enjoying the book of Jeremiah. Even if you don't, I'm enjoying it. Uh, just the truths that are so applicable uh, to our day and to our time. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you.